This podcast was inspired by an internship with the Museum of Motherhood. Please visit mommuseum.org for more information about the museum, to find out how you can get involved, and to help us strengthen our wonderful community of mothers. Again, that is mommuseum.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Amanda. And we're sisters. We are both toddler moms, but we have very different experiences of motherhood. So we are on a mission to talk to different moms who all have different experiences. With a whole lot of laughter, tears, and probably coffee, we embark on a journey to experience motherhood through the eyes of others. Please join us on this journey as we explore motherhood through funny, loving, and very real memories. This This is Mom Talks Talks with My Sister. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. I got I, I got no complaints. How are you? I am doing I'm doing all right. Work's a little busy right now, but you know, making it through. Yeah. Work is one of those bittersweet things. You're like, ah, I need this. I don't love this, but I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, totally agree. And my job for sure has its moments where it's like, you know, moments of like great and then moments of just so stressed that it's like, why am I doing this every day? <laughs> right. I feel like most people can relate. Like they say that like you should get a job that it doesn't feel like you're going to work. Like love your job so much, like and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't know who those people are because I genuinely like my job, like as much as I can like a job, but I'm still going to work. Like, I feel like I don't know what these people are doing that are like, oh, I don't work a day in my life because I love what I'm doing. Those are the people who, God bless them, were, when they were five, six years old, they knew what they wanted to do and they're doing it. I was That's never really the person. true. Yeah, you know, I was never that person either. I still don't know what I want to do. Like, Same. I'm in a very like healthy, good job, but I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I was talking to uh, my friend Carly, and I said to her, "I said, Carly, I am a jack of all trades and a master of none." And she said, "I am too." She said, "But Beth, have you ever heard that full saying? Did you know there's more to that saying?" No. So the whole saying goes, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. I love that. Why don't people say the whole thing? I don't know. Because it makes you feel like... The whole thing needs to be said. I agree. Because when you hear jack of all trades, you're like, but master of none, you're like, oh, I mean, I'm not great at any one thing. But like, oftentimes we're better because we know a little bit more about a lot more things. I feel like I'm having a moment right now. I I really, I can relate to this. I like this. Right? It feels good. (laughs) Well, uh, so speaking of mastering something, let's uh, hop right into our mom moment of the week. Do you have a master mom moment of the week? Um, So I do. Um, I feel like most people can probably relate to this too. So, um, we are currently in the middle of potty training. We have an almost uh, three-year-old and, um, she's been doing really, really well, like really just crushing it the past like week. And she did so well today, no accidents. Then, um, she had an accident and she was like disappointed in herself. Like she knew, like, I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. And 
I need to get changed. So she went upstairs with my husband to get changed. And so, you know, he's like, you know, it's okay. We had an accident. We just got to make sure you tell us and, you know, we'll hop right back on, you know, the potty training horse. And uh, so he was obviously a little disappointed that she had had the accident after doing so well. Um, But we've also been working on our colors. And she looked at her array of pajamas and she loves she's my little girly girl to the core and she loves her little like nightgown dresses and she pointed at the one she wanted and she goes the purple one and it was purple so it was like oh we just we had this moment of like ah oh, we had an accident but oh my god you got your color right Yay! <laughs> I love that and I love that she picked the purple one because Aunt Bethany's favorite color is purple Aunt Bethany loves purple <laughs> so, so that's how awesome. about how about you? So mine's a little bit, um, a little bit more rough for wear. Um, uh, my son is wild. We all know it. He is a, he is just a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> and he and I, so Amanda and I grew up knowing Uppy, right? Amanda, Uppy for us was a uppy. normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where our mom would lay on her back and, you know, whether we were sitting on her feet or laying on our stomach on her feet and she would hold on to our feet and, you know, push us up. It's kind of hard to explain. But so my son and I, we were playing uppy and I had him up and I was balancing him and he was just, he was doing great. And he started laughing. And when he was laughing, he lost control of like, I guess his muscles, if you will. And he fell forward flat on my face, full fall. Oh no. I immediately like, and I went to catch him and like, I like rolled and tried to stop him and like, like brace his body and but I caught him mostly with my face and my husband was in the room and he was like, you know, Oh my God, are you okay? Like everything's okay. You know, everyone's okay. My son is laughing. He's laughing, giggling. He's not hurt. And he said, good catch, babe. And I looked and I grabbed my face and I said, I think, I don't think it was as good as you thought it was. My nose is just bleeding. I'm wearing a white shirt. My carpet is off white. I am like, bleeding hard from my nose like I'm not sure if it was my nose ring that you know scraped the inside of my nose I don't know if it was like an actual bleed from like the hit and I mean at that point though I think my son realized that something wasn't right and he stopped laughing and he like looked panicked and I said it's okay it's okay and I just like you know I ran to the bathroom I took care of my nose everything's fine and nothing's broken it just it was a bloody nose and the whole time, though, he was just, like, at my side, holding on to me, making sure that, like, I was okay, which was really sweet, so. Oh, my God. He is such a sweet boy. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I never thought about that. You think about it as a parent where it's, like, you envision, like, oh, my gosh, the first time that my child is injured, like, you know, bad, right? Like, not just, like, oh, a scrape or a bruise or um, – and you put yourself in that shoes, but you never put yourself in your kid's shoes of the first time they see something wrong with you. Right. And it's like, it puts on like that, like, I have to be brave. I have to, I have to be brave for my child. Right. Right. Especially because not only was I hurt, but I was hurt, you know, by him unintentionally, of course, but by him nonetheless. Aww. So I think that that gave him a, a little extra feeling of, 
I don't know, maybe I'm projecting my own feelings onto him, but um, <laughs> I thought that he could tell, and maybe he could. So hey, he'll be too soon. So I'm, sh- I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. And um, how's your nose feeling now? Doing great, actually. Okay. I So I think it was probably more of, um, I don't know, I want to say it might have been more of the nose ring, um, you know, scraping the inside of the nose, but it was bleeding pretty, pretty fierce. But um, I don't think that there's any permanent damage. Okay, that's good. Oh, man. <laughs> Duh. These mom moments of the week. Oh, I know. You never know what you're going to get. Never know what you're going to get. Well, I think this is a good time to explain why we're here and what we're doing. So um, this is our Mom Talks with My Sister podcast, and my name is Amanda, and that's my sister Bethany. Hey! (laughs) So what we figured we'd do, since this is our uh, very first official episode, um, is we're going to introduce each other so that you kind of get to know us and our mom's stories, and then along the way, we are going to have some great guests join us every week um, so that you can get an idea of different types of moms so that maybe you don't feel alone in your experiences as a mom. I think it's really important for so many moms out there to know that they're not alone, right? Know that there is a, even if it's a small group of moms that are experiencing the same thing you are, everyone's experience is so different. And connecting mothers of all types and mothers of all backgrounds and is it's very important to know that we have a community of mothers to support one another. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's finding the similarities, it's finding the differences, it's, you know, understanding that what worked for you may not work for somebody else or what worked for you did work for somebody else. So I think that this is just a great space to just be open-minded. We have some really fun guests that we're going to be interviewing, um, and hopefully you can uh, just enjoy and listen along with us every week. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. So, Bethany, let's introduce you. You are my younger sister, who is my absolute very best friend in the entire world, and um, I just can't imagine my life without you being in it literally every single day. We talk every single day, and I love that. Every day. And what I love even more is looking back onto our life, and when we were younger, you know, 10, 15, because um, there is a five-year age gap, so we are, we're not super close in age, um, which made growing up a little tough. You know, yeah. I was always, I wanted to be Amanda, I wanted to be just like her, I wanted, wanted to have cool friends like her, and, and, and I sometimes stole her t-shirts, which made her very upset with me. <laughs> but now it's like, hey, can I borrow that? Absolutely, take it. <laughs> Now we even have the uh, the sisterhood of the traveling sweater. Yeah, <laughs> it keeps it's... ending up in our clothes. Of, hey, uh, I don't wear the sweater anymore. Do you want to wear it? Yes. And then I wear it for a couple years, and then I'm like, hey, I don't wear the sweater anymore. Do you want it back? Yes. <laughs> it's the the white and tan chevron sweater, and I love it. Yeah. And then I will out wear it, and I'm like, Ugh, I just don't wear it anymore. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, I can't get rid of this. I I wear this. It's such a cute sweater. Why are you getting rid of it? <laughs> so great. I know so. we're on like we're on round two now. But anyways, back to being moms. Yes. Um, 
since we do talk every day, we obviously know almost everything about each other, but I am interested to see of doing this podcast if we find out things that we're like, oh, we've never shared that with each other. I That's a really good point. That's something I've never actually thought about because I feel like you're the first person I tell everything to, but Same. I guess what does everything consist of? Because some of those small things we don't, maybe not, we may not think of sharing. Right. Like we were like, oh, this isn't a shareable thing. And then it comes out and you're like, oh my gosh, you never told me this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that we'll have a few of those moments. I definitely think so. So let's um, make this episode about all about you. Um, And so I was thinking, I was like, you know, well, we've probably talked about this, but um, maybe you can share, you know, they, people say that you're never really ready to have kids. Like you don't really know what you're going to expect when you have your first one. So maybe you can share how you and your husband kind of brought that topic up. Oh, so this was a topic actually that has been talked about for years. Um, I was very much I will never have children. And my husband was very much, I want a small football team. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At one point, he said 8 to 12, I think. 8 to 12 would be a good number. And I'm like, I don't don't want one. And he's like, okay, maybe 8 then, you know. (laughs) Go to the lower side. Right. We'll we'll, we'll go down to 8. But honestly, it was a conversation we had to have because although we knew – um, we wa- we wanted to be married. We wanted to spend forever together. How do you come to that compromise when one person doesn't want children and one person wants a ton? Like that's a huge thing in someone's life. Um, so to say I was ready to have kids, um, I don't know that I necessarily was. Uh, for me, with my husband Ryan, he was he kind of. He and I met at a fence of if we have children, for me, if I have children, my life won't be over. And for him, if we don't have children, my life won't be over. And I think when we got to that center point of whatever will be, will be, that's when we just accepted what what would happen, I guess. there's It's kind of hard to explain, but it was like, We were okay one way or another. Um, And then the preparation, once I found out I was pregnant, I was very lucky because at this point, all of my closest friends and family had already had kids. (laughs) Um, So, you know, my preparation was turning to them and being like, oh my God, what if? I remember I was setting up my, um, my registry and I had asked two of my girlfriends, I said, should I buy anti-constipation medicine? And they were like, why? For for the baby, I should clarify. And they're like, why? And I was like, well, because on the registry, I can get 10% off. So should I just buy it now? And they're like, no. Like, <laughs> like I, my friend Crystal, she was like, I don't think I ever used it. And to be honest, I would have never needed it. So I was trying to over-prepare, um, but... It's it's something that I don't think you can ever fully be ready for. You can think you're ready financially, emotionally, you know, materially, however you need to prepare. You can think you are, but I, until it happens, I don't think you can be. And 
now that it's happened, I still don't think I'm ready sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Yeah. That's great. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what your pregnancy was like um, and then maybe what your delivery was like? Oh, yeah, I could I could dive into that. Um, so my pregnancy was, for the most part, pretty, pretty easy. I don't want to say that I had a difficult pregnancy. Um, I had really bad smell sensitivity. I think that was my biggest complaint. Um, and it was so bizarre because microwaved food when I was pregnant had the worst smell. I don't know if anyone else experienced this, but like reheated microwave food. I will never forget. It was the day after Thanksgiving and I was really sensitive to onion and garlic to begin with. So Thanksgiving was not easy for me and meat. I didn't eat meat when I was pregnant. I couldn't, it, the smell of it was oof. And, but the day after Thanksgiving, um, Ryan reheated a plate of food and I had to physically leave the house because I, it smelled so horrible. I left. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but as far as my pregnancy goes, um, I had really, really low platelet count, um, which didn't affect my day to day, but it did affect my plan for going into labor. Um, with my platelets, being as low as they were, um, it was not guaranteed that I would be able to get an epidural. I know that everybody has their own feelings on epidurals. And for me, it was something I very much wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, the thought of labor scared me quite a bit, um, to go through that pain without any sort of help. So, um, towards the end there, when my platelets kept getting lower and lower, uh, I had to meet with, um, Uh, anesthesiologist and hematologist um, to kind of make a plan for the epidural. And luckily, I was able to do the epidural. Um, As far as the pregnancy goes, I went a week early. I was induced one week early because my blood pressure increased. But um, other than that, I really had a very uneventful pregnancy. Uh, Labor was difficult. (laughs) Um, I was induced on a Wednesday morning and I went into a C-section on a Friday night. I, I had a terrible experience with the Cook's catheter. Um, I think of all of it, that Cook's catheter, which was a manual dilation, um, was probably the most painful. I, I think of the whole labor contractions and pushing and uh, the pressure from pushing. I think the Cook's catheter was by far the worst part of the experience um for me i can't say it was that way for other women but for me for sure sure but yeah you you say even you know before your delivery you're like oh i had a pretty uneventful you know pregnancy and i'm over here listening and i'm like oh my gosh i can't even imagine like (laughs) you know like to me i'm like that is eventful (laughs) like (laughs) well and it's funny too because you and i talked about this a lot during both of our pregnancies, um, we joked about the book, uh, what to expect when you're expecting and Mm -hmm. how they should write one, what you didn't expect when you were expecting. I ended up with horrible carpal tunnel in both of my hands. I could barely move my hands. Um, I had, I, I had really bad, 
uh, fluid retention as well. Um, but I ended, ended up pinching my nerves and causing me to have carpal tunnel. And I got pulled out of work early because of that. So I guess my pregnancy was pretty eventful, I guess. I, it was eventful. I, I, newsflash, it was eventful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got pulled out of work six weeks early because of carpal tunnel. And yeah. the doctor told me, my, you know, my OB told me, she said, I was so scared of this being a permanent thing. And um, she was like, it, it, it's probably not permanent. But I never heard before that pregnancy could cause carpal tunnel. Like, I, right. was, I was shocked. Um, sure enough, it is gone. I can feel and move all of my fingers again. <laughs> Which is good. But, yeah. yeah, it's like I always feel like, you know, any mom that I talk to, and I'm like, okay, tell me the things that that – you know, you feel like no one prepared you for. And after the fact, you know, when moms are, you know, past their pregnancies, you kind of start to forget a little bit, like, because you move on from it. And, you know, for hopefully for most people, you know, some of the things that happen during pregnancy aren't, you know, lasting where they're there forever. But it's crazy when you kind of, you don't think about that kind of stuff. I mean, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have a baby. And, no, I have carpal tunnel. What? You know, where did that come from? Right, right, absolutely. And I think too, like, it's hard to think beyond, especially when it's your first, because you've never experienced before. You don't know, you know, how painful it's going to be. You hear stories. You know, as a woman, like this is not going to be easy. You know, but when you go through it and you come out the other side, it's easy for me to say now, like, yeah, I had a very uneventful pregnancy. But once I start retelling that story, I'm like, oh, wait, but maybe it wasn't that uneventful. Maybe I did have more going on than like I remember, because if you remember how awful it was, what are the chances you're going to do it again? Right. Like slimmed it on. Yeah. (laughs) So I will say as far as lasting repercussions from my labor, because I did end up having a C-section, um, and I don't know how common this is. Um, I mean, I'm almost two years out, and I am still very painful in my um, incision area, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, there are certain pants that I can't wear. Um, and it's weird because, like, when you touch the area lightly, that area of my skin goes numb. Like, kind of when you're at the dentist and your face is, like, you can touch it, and you can kind of feel that pressure, but it's, like, numb. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, but deep like if you push on it at all or if I'm changing my son's diaper and he kicks it so lovingly um (laughs) it hurts it hurts really bad like to the point where like I said there are certain pants that I can't wear because of it so and I know some people don't have that issue at all with c-sections so and then there are people who have the epidural issues I've heard long-lasting you know some women experience long-lasting back pain um, and back spasms from epidurals, and luckily I didn't experience that. So it's a, well, that's it's a give and a take. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a give and a take. I feel like there's a lot of things that moms just deal with. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like I walk down the street and I'm like, hey, I have C-section pain still. You know, <laughs> right? No, I think it's I think it's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is so again we can make some of this stuff again things that people just don't talk about we can just kind of bring it to the forefront and you know let others experience what we and other people have experienced yeah yeah absolutely i think it's very important so 
So how is uh, how is mom life since your uh, C-section and you know actually becoming like a mom, like a mom, mom, <laughs> a mom, mom, a mom, mom, a mom, mom of a, a tiny human? Oi, it's it's every day is different. Mm-hmm. Every single day, and some days. I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to sleep. What have I done? I'm exhausted. Why? Why did I choose this? And then I look over at the baby monitor and he's sleeping and he's so precious. And then I'm like, oh, that's why. He's perfect. (laughs) And I love him. Like, that's why I did this, you know? And it's just like, I couldn't imagine my life without him. And I think one of the funniest things my husband and I say to each other is, what did we used to do with our time? Right. Do you remember what you did with your time before baby? I took it all for granted. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> same. Oh my gosh. I would come home from work and, and sit on my couch in a silent, clean home and I'd read a book. And you're like, and, and this is this is heaven. Yeah, that was heaven. <laughs> But, like, now I'm in, like, a different version of heaven. Yeah. Just a lot more chaotic. That's a a great way of putting it. It's just a different version. And the thing is, is that, and we're not naive to this. We know that it's going to go so fast, and we're going to blink, and they're going to be out of the house, and then we're going to be like, that went too fast. All the things that I complained about, all the things, times that I wanted to be sitting on the couch quietly reading a book, they're gone, and I want those times back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, based on your experiences, based on uh, your husband wanting uh, a football team, um, do you guys see yourself having more kids? Do you guys want more kids? What's your uh, vision? Yeah, so this is is an interesting question. Um, For us, I, I personally, it's funny, I would like to have another. Um, Ryan uh, does not at this point want to have another, That's um, amazing. but I think one of the other things that's really important to kind of bring to light, um, that I don't think is talked about enough is a big, big part of our decision-making is whether or not we can afford daycare for two. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a, it's a really scary thing and it's a really sad thing to know that we are basing you know, the size of our family on daycare costs because daycare is not forever. It is a short time, but it is an incredibly expensive time. And can we afford it? Like, I understand that as they age and they go into different stages of life, uh, those daycare costs are kind of allotted to different things. So the money never really, you never really end up saving daycare money, but it's also not a mandated payment once a week. Sure. Um, so that's that's something that I struggle with a lot personally is I, I do want to have a second kid, but I don't know if, you know, financially it's a good decision. And, and that's a hard thing to grapple with. Yeah, and it's a very real thing. Um, I'm sure there's a hundred moms out there that, especially when you come from a family where both parents work, which is essentially the the normal I would say nowadays you know as far as like it's not uncommon you know um when both parents work and it's something that 
I think a lot of people probably struggle with and a lot of people who want big families, it's, it's a give and a take, you know, where you're like, is it more important to have the family that we want to have? Or is it more important to have the money that we do or don't have or to scrape by? And I mean, daycare is, is so, so expensive. And I know a lot of people out there can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So since we're talking about, uh, parents that work and, you know, both parents working, um, I think that you could share a really interesting take on motherhood that maybe not as many moms can relate to, uh, but something that you experience um, being a mom and trying to juggle your mom life with uh, this. So why don't you share that? So um, I am in the Army Reserves. I am a sergeant. And I have been in the Army for five years. So I was actually in the Army before I became a mom. Um, and I, I really enjoy the Army. Um, I do have slightly different experience in the reserves than I think a lot of reservists. I actually drill three hours away from my home. So once a month, I am gone for the entire weekend. Um, sometimes that's two days. Sometimes that's four days. Um, Sometime, well, every summer we have our annual training, which can be two to three weeks long. Um, so I am gone a lot. I do a lot of additional trainings for my unit. I am pretty involved uh, with my unit. So that is something that is, is quite different than, you know, a lot of my personal mom friends. Um, I have been leaving him since he was, I think, five months old is when I went back to drill. Um, so I had to leave him at a really young age. And, I mean, my version of leaving isn't like a deployment or anything. Like I said, it's once a month for a weekend, but it's still quite a bit of time that I am away. Um, and, and that's hard. It's hard to be away. Um, but also I'm learning that societally it's challenging. Um, my unit is really, really supportive of me as a mother. I've never had any issues um, on that front, but I get a lot of very strange uh, sentiments from regular day-to-day -day people in my day-to-day -day life when they find out that I'm a soldier and that I do leave my son for quite a bit of, of time. How does that make you how does it make you feel? I'm sure you get some people, I guess, that are, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, but I'm sure that you probably get some negative reactions from people that are judging. And unfortunately, that's just a part of society of you know people judging other people and, you know, without necessarily trying to hurt you or hurt your feelings. But how does how does that affect you? So it's tough. Um you know, I definitely have noticed a huge shift in the interactions that I have where when I was just a female soldier, it was, you're awesome, that's so cool, like, you're such a badass, like, you know, those those types of reactions. Um, now I get a lot of, oh, well, you're not going to stay in after this contract is done, right? I, I mean, I've been asked that so many times, whereas that was never a question before. But now that I'm a mom... It's almost like I'm expected to give up my career in the Army to just be a, a mom. 
and and that's bizarre to me. Um, I have obviously many male friends in the army, um, and many of those those guys who are dads um, generally don't get the same reaction, and and it's it's kind of strange that that as a mom, that's just kind of what I'm expected to do is stop being in the army because there's a chance I could get deployed. Um, I had one of my really, really good friends and I don't, he was actually a Marine. Um, so he comes from a military background and I don't think he meant it in a mean way. Um, but he asked me, he asked me, he said, you know, how are you liking the army? I said, oh my God, I love it. It's, it's awesome. It's such a cool thing. I really love doing it. And he said, I, you know, I knew you would like it. And then he says, well, how do you like being a mom? And I said, it's great. It's so cool. Like I am a mom. It's awesome. And then he said, well, which one do you like better? Oh, wow. And I was just like, I mean, I didn't know how to answer it. And honestly, like I've never, I could never imagine somebody asking, you know, a dad who serves in the military, what do you like better being in the military or being a dad? Like, it was just, I didn't even know what to say or how to react. I was just like, they're different. Like, how do I choose? They're different parts of my life, you know? Um, So it's definitely interesting um, that that shift. Um, but as far as myself, you know, being away for extended periods of time is tough. I went on my first two week, um, annual training. We were in, uh, Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, which is quite a ways away from home. And, um, my son was one, just after it was just after his first birthday that I went, so he was, you know, still learning and changing. And when I got home, I just felt like in those two weeks I missed so much, and that was hard to kind of grapple with as well because it's like, how, how am I putting myself and my enjoyment of the army first? And I think it's that mom guilt, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Moms put so much guilt on themselves. And, you know, obviously I'm putting it on myself as well. Um, so not just the societal guilt that's being put on me, but I am definitely putting my own guilt, you know, on as well. So I think it's because you care about being a mom and you care about your son and you care about your husband. And, you know, it's it's kind of that juggle of I'm doing what's best, or I think I'm doing what's best. I want to do what's best, but what if I'm not, you know, type of a mentality? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we struggle with that no matter what the decision is. We never really know a hundred percent what's best. I mean, it's trial and error as parents, right? So, you know, I, I am, I'm proud of what I do. I'm proud of, you know, being in the army and I, and I'm, hoping that I'm able to set a good example for him because one of the best things I think you can do for yourself is to be true to yourself. Um, and by being true to yourself, you're teaching your kids that they can be true to who they are and that they don't have to give up who they are for someone else, even if it is their kid, right? Like, I love that. Yeah. So 
Um, but yeah, that's my experience. And I know that, you know, there are, there are active duty army moms out there. There are other reserve moms out there that may have a very different experience than mine. Um, but that, that's my, you know, that's what I'm noticing. And that's what I'm experiencing as a soldier and mom. Yeah. I, which is, I, like I said, I, there's definitely moms out there that are in your position or similar positions. Um, but I know that there's a lot, including myself that, don't know what that's like and kind of have a hard time, you know, imagining it or putting, you know, ourselves in your shoes to deal with something like that. Cause it's, it's tough. Being a mom is hard enough, you know, being a parent. I mean, let's just be honest, be, being a parent who is involved and wants to be a good parent and set a good example. It's tough because like you said, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. It's trial and error. So to add what you have added to your plate, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, um, you know, I noticed to, I went on a girls getaway weekend. It was my friend Crystal's birthday. So me and Crystal and Megan, um, we all, we went on an overnight. Crystal's husband sent us to a spa. It was awesome. We had like, you know, sounds amazing. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, and it was, it was great. It was a girls night out and, you know, Meg has two kiddos and Crystal has one and, and we're sitting in the hotel and Meg and Crystal were feeling almost guilty that they had left the kids and, you know, they were worried about the kids. And for me, it was just another weekend, right? Like I was like, right. I had at that point, I didn't realize at this point that, you know, separating from him had become so normal to me, whereas to other moms, it's not. And like, I felt awful. And then at that point, I was like, oh, am I a bad mom? Because I can do this so easily. And, you know, we had talked about it that weekend. And they're like, no, but like, you're just, we don't leave our kids as often as you have to. And it wasn't even like, you know, they weren't trying to make me feel guilty that I leave him. But like, they were just like, it's a different experience than what we're used to. So because we don't have to do it as much, it's just not as easy for us to do. And, you know, and I think that that's the other thing is to realize there are different parenting styles and all different parenting styles come from different experiences, but there's not a right way to do it. And to give yourself just a little wiggle room to not be perfect. We're all humans and humans aren't perfect. We're just doing the best that we can. Right. If we were all perfect, it would be boring. So boring. Be so boring. Or creepy, <laughs> like Stafford Wives creepy. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> so I feel like you had a lot of like really good advice and everything that you just kind of explained. Is there anything additional that you feel like you, dealing from your experience and your point of view that you could share with others? Um, I know you already gave a lot because you had a lot of really good advice in what you just said. Thanks. Yeah, I just, my biggest thing is, is not to forget yourself and to be true to yourself and not to feel bad about who you are. I mean, I am, I am very busy. I do work a full-time job. I am in the reserves and I am also a part-time student. So, I mean, I am very busy, but I'm doing things that I'm passionate about and I'm passing that passion on to my son. So even though I may not be there with him every moment, I'm still teaching him lessons. I'm teaching him lessons of, 
you know, how to maintain a commitment. I'm teaching him lessons on hard work. I'm teaching him lessons on how to be proud of himself for who he is. Um, so don't feel guilty if you can't 100% of the time be there because we can't all 100% of the time be there, but we're still with them and we're still teaching them. That's great. That's absolutely great, Bethany. Thanks. You're Thanks. welcome. <laughs> So I have this really fun, fancy wheel over here, Amanda. I love fun, fancy wheels. Do you want to explain what our fun, fancy wheel is? Our fun, fancy wheel is going to be a segment that we are calling Ask a Mom. So with this segment, we are going to spin an actual wheel, and it's going to land on a number, and that number is going to correspond to a a question that has been submitted uh, by people that do not currently have kids that want to ask a mom a question that they don't know the answer to. So we're going to spin this wheel. We're going to see what question we get. And uh, we're going to each try to answer this question uh, short form in 30 to 60 seconds. So let's, we don't know what we're going to get. So let's see. It's, it's a little intimidating because we don't, we're not prepared at all for these answers. No. <laughs> right, so this we... could go really well or really bad. I mean, it could be a very serious question. It could be a very funny question. Who knows? Okay, we go. let's see what we get. Seven. I seven. landed on lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Okay, okay, so question number seven was submitted by Peggy, age 71, and she does not want children of her own. Her question was, I have been interested in having real information from people who struggled with the idea of having children, of what ultimately moved them to have children versus not. Peggy, that is a heck of a question. That is a heck of a question. So um, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take the reins on this one because yeah. I kind of know what my answer is. Um, so. What moved me personally, me and, and my husband, when, you know, we decided that we were going to try to get pregnant, um, we were very happy. We were very feeling fulfilled in our lives. We didn't necessarily feel like we needed a family, but I think the biggest thing that weighed on both of us is we essentially didn't want to reach a point where we couldn't have children anymore um that we didn't want to say but what if but but what if and we felt like the because you could say what if to anything you know either side of having kids or not having kids but what if we didn't have kids but what if we did and it out the i guess what i'm trying to say is uh the not having kids what if was a much bigger weight on us than if we didn't try to have kids. So for us, that was kind of what I think made our decision when we were talking about starting a family. That's really interesting because that is something you and I have never actually discussed. We've never discussed that. You're right. Yeah, that's very interesting. (laughs) Um, So I briefly uh, mentioned this in the beginning of this episode uh, when I talked about how I didn't want kids. I was very adamantly against kids. And, uh, you know, Amanda can attest to this Mm -hmm. for years and years and years. I was like, I am never having children. Um, And, you know, Ryan wanted the football team. So 
we we talked it did take a lot of talking and you know for me especially I knew so quick backstory um Ryan and I met when we were 11 years old so we have been in each other's lives much longer than we haven't um (laughs) so uh for me I knew that it was more important to stay with him and have a child than to lose him and not have a child. Um, I never got any pressure from him, you know, to actually have children, um, you know, but after years of talking about it, like I said earlier, we kind of got to that fence where I, you know, I realized that my life would be just as good with a child as it would be without a child. And he felt the same way. He said, you know, if I, if I, don't have children, then we're just going to have a lot of really fun, you know, four-wheelers, jet skis, you know, kayaks, (laughs) we're big outdoors people. So, um, and we would travel and he was happy with that as well. So neither one of us were completely giving up what we wanted fundamentally, but we knew that we wanted each other. So when we got to that fence and we decided that, you know, I was more important to him and he was more important to me, we kind of let fate take the wheels from there and we ended up having a little one. <laughs> That's perfect. I think those were that that was a really good question. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome question. I think that was Thank a good you. question to start off the podcast too. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. So, so yeah, thank you Peggy. Thank you so much for that question. Yeah, absolutely. So um that said, I think it's a good time to let you know that we are reachable. If you're interested, if you want to submit your own question for Ask a Mom, we will happily take questions. We are looking uh, specifically for questions from people who are not parents yet. So if you are a parent and you're listening, pass it to your younger sibling who doesn't have children yet. Or I guess in our case, Amanda, that doesn't count because our younger sibling had kids before us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, pass it to that. any. Yeah, pass it to anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, or, even people that um, that are questioning if they want kids, or people that are absolutely like, uh, you guys are crazy. Kids are crazy, and you guys are crazy if you're having them or wanting them. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, Peggy. Peggy was seventy-one, and she submitted yeah. that, and she does not have children. So, yeah, pass it to anyone you know. Um, so our email address is momtalkswithmysister at gmail.com. As well, we do have an Instagram account at withmysisterpod. You can find us there. Um, and if you have any recommendations, if you know a special mom that has an experience that you think they would be willing to share or if you have a specific experience that you would like to share to see if there's more moms out there that can connect with you definitely reach out and let us know and um that'll do it for this episode guys thank you so much for joining us i'm excited episode one this is off the ground and running let's do this (laughs) all right i will talk to you later all right love you bye love you bye Yeah, in case you dropped the peanut butter, I was waiting till he went back Does upstairs. Does he often drop peanut butter? Uh, no, but like where the gate is, and we have like the curtain like that hangs in front of it now. Okay, I'll be honest. I'm the one that drops the peanut butter. <laughs>
just in case he was acting like me. <laughs> I'm dead. Please note, the views and opinions shared by our guests are just that, opinions. They do not necessarily reflect our own views on topics discussed. So please keep an open mind while listening, as nothing about our podcast is meant to be hurtful or exclusive. Thanks for joining.